Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Ron Sloan, Jr., Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, and a lot of other cool things. It's nice to have you here. Nasty Neal. Let's talk about that one. (laughs) Nasty. Yeah, I'll be honest. It was given to me by R.A. Mihailov, who played... uh, Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw 3D. He called me Nasty Neil, and I liked it, so I stuck with it. That's good. Yeah. That's Some good. of my friends, they, my friend Annabelle, she says, you're not nasty. You should call yourself Sweet Neil, which is very <laughs> nice, but I don't think it really works for the show. Well, yeah. Hey, well, I'll let you know at the end of the show. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, hopefully you don't hang up or anything during the show. Well, I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> So I assume this is a busy time of the year for you. Um, yeah, for sleeping. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess Friday thirteenth could come at any time. But um. Oh yeah, Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, that Friday. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it is a busy time. It's fun. I do have a. Uh, I always have a good time on Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. It- when when did you know that, like, I assumed, like, you always knew Friday 13th movies have a following, but when did you, like, really know that people really like Friday 13th Part 5 and, like, you could, you know, people come see at conventions and things like that? Uh, actually, it was on my first convention because I, I truly had no clue. I was living in uh, Hawaii, and so I was disconnected from the whole... Friday the 13th Hollywood scenes up for an occasional, well, of course I talked about it with friends and clients and whatnot, but it was when I got a call uh, to do a convention and my very first convention and I'm sitting there uh, with Carol Locatell, mom, and uh, a guy walked up with a leather flight cap on and a dirty sweatshirt, and he was about six foot eight. And I went, "Oh my God, you're junior!" You, you. I was honored that the guy dressed dressed like me. So that kind of blew my mind, and that's when the kind of the lights came on. Yeah. What What did you expect when you were first called up to do convention? What did you think was gonna, like? What did you think was going to be like? Oh, you know, I had no real clue i mean i had been to like a comic-con so on the big end you're thinking that sort of thing but then you think well no it was like no i don't know i i didn't i didn't expect i didn't want to like anticipate anything huge i thought more of i was going to this to enjoy it and look at all the other folks um it was like a reunion from part five so I hadn't seen all those guys. Oh my God, this was about 18 years ago. Um, so it was cool, man. It was just old home weeks seeing, uh, you know, John Shepard and, and Mel and Shavar and Miguel. And oh, I mean, Dick William was there. We, we just had a blast. It was really a lot of fun. And now you've seen you see him uh, too much, maybe no, not too much, but you see him no, never, yeah. never, never. It, it, it's actually uh, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, I, I don't do that many conventions. I'm good for a couple of years, mm-hmm. unless more people want me. Put it out there, okay? <laughs> you know, make a request. But yeah, it's it's actually a very fun time, a special time when I do that. And so you had not uh, stayed in touch with most of the people, like so for like Carol, your mom, who I know you, you know you do a lot of conventions with, and you're you know uh, close to now. So you didn't stay in touch with her over over. No, the time? Carol and I were friends oh, okay. ever since. Yeah, and I I would back then it started by calling her up on Mother's Day. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, always called her. Always to this day, call her on Mother's Day. Um, I have fun with Carol and her husband, Greg. We're, we're, it's my wife and I just enjoy their company. And matter of fact, we drove all the way to LA and had dinner with them. Oh, very cool. It, it was really wonderful. And, uh, uh, it's always fun. I mean, I, I just have great experiences with Carol. Um, I, I can share one quick one with yeah, you. Of course. We were, uh, in a convention in Chicago flashback weekend and uh 
Carol's husband was really good friends with Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers, mm-hmm. right? And so after the first night of the convention, Carol goes, oh, we're, we're going out to dinner with a friend of Greg's. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it was Nick. I was like, oh, this is just too cool. <laughs> yeah. And I did not bring up even one bit of industry anything, even though my mom was going like 3,000 miles an hour, you know, wanting <laughs> to talk to him about it. I mean, the guy, he is awesome. And actually, I just saw him uh, a couple of weeks ago in Spookala. Uh, that was Ocala, Florida. It was uh, right before Christmas. It was cool, man. We, it was just just fun. Yeah, I thought I met him at a convention. Uh, one time, my, my booth was right next to his. So oh, like, wow. the Without Your Head booth, which means it's it sounds cool, but it also means no one at all is going to talk to me. But it, <laughs> he's a very uh, down-to-earth, just a really laid-back, cool guy. Yeah, yeah, he is really down-to-earth. Good guy. Yeah. So, uh, are, so you said you want to ask him stuff. So are you a horror movie fan? No, no. It was just the idea of just listening – you know, he's involved in not just horror movies, involved in, in lots everything, of everything. Uh, yeah, everything. Now, now I kept it neutral and 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 I just keep it on that level anyway. You know, I mean, a lot of these times when you're with these folks, it's their downtime. You know, you don't want to. Yeah. It's more of like, hey, you know, was going on any trips? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, what are you doing for fun? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just getting to know somebody. Basically. Right. So from what I understand, you didn't know that uh, when you first got involved in Friday the 13th Part 5 that it was a Friday the 13th movie. No, because uh, it was called Repetition. My script, and I still have it with my little notes in it for my acting, uh, is called Repetition. And it wasn't until the first day of shooting that uh, we're all sitting on the set. And, you know, the conversation, I'm sitting with Miguel and you know carol and everybody and and like i remember returning to miguel and going so you know so how do you die <laughs> you know just getting around yeah and uh he's like oh man i'm in an outhouse and i get like <laughs> killed by all these spears and i go well i get decapitated you know <laughs> and so we're, we're just talking and uh tom morga walks by in full jumpsuit with the mask <laughs> and he just looks cold stare well with the mask it's always a cold stare uh and every single one of us and he's holding up a blade and we're all oh my god we're in the front of 13th <laughs> and uh, i mean we were all excited first day of shooting anyway you yeah. know but it took it up to like class a man and we were just like oh my i mean you know it, it, it was pretty impressive yeah so what was the killer called in the in the script That's a good point. Maybe they just maybe they just called him the killer. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'll have to look back at the script. No one's ever asked me that question. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah, uh, interesting. I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll text you on that one. Yeah. Uh, now I gotta find that damn script. I'm sure it's in the way. Yeah. In a safe and secure place, uh, you know, in Norway or something. Right. Um, so, uh, man, it's a weird question, but how how close how close is the character Junior to you? Uh, oh yeah, we're identical. No, <laughs> night, night. <laughs> Let me wipe my mouth while I say that. <laughs> um, no, I would say Junior is pretty far away from Ron Sloan, but deep in his, his heart you know um no junior was actually a character i came up with uh well for a quick story i used to do a showcase uh, on i think it was thursday nights at the fountain theater in hollywood and at these showcases there would be you know producers casting directors agents and i mean i did it religiously every week oh my god probably for couple years and one night Pamela Basker and Fern Champion were there and they were the ones who casted Friday the 13th part five so after doing my dramatic scene uh 
Pam asked me, she goes, can you play a hillbilly? <laughs> and I was a big old boy back then. I mean, I was tipping 245 pounds. I'm all about 175 right now. So uh, I said, yes, I can. I go, give me a moment. And I thought about this, this friend of my brother's who was this goofy character that used to bug the crap out of my brother. And so I started doing his mannerisms and his personality, but threw it into more of a hick. Uh-huh. And these guys were laughing their ass off. They were just, it got me an audition. And uh, they told me to come by the next day to pick up the sides for a movie called Repetition. And I did, brought him home. Um, and I had an audition the following day. And I mean, I was excited, man. I was like cloud nine. But, you know, it's nerve wracking. It's scary. Uh, up until then, I did a good, good handful of TV commercials and little, little bit parts on shows. I mean, like one liners or under fives on uh, some of the Norman Lear shows, like Different Strokes, Facts of Life, even All in the Family. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean awesome shows but i mean microscopic <laughs> roles right. and uh so i just had fun with this i i went in there just being a goofy dumb shit man just <laughs> i figured the the beauty of junior is there are no holds barred he is not formatted in oh you got to fit in this type of i could do anything i want to do and it, if it works it works and you know see what sticks so yeah apparently it worked yeah so how and much it, of the so, so you kind of came up with the character how much of it was i know your lines are scripted and stuff but how, how much like direction did they give you on junior was he really kind of your creation Oh, no, no. Junior and just like Carol's character were our creations. I mean, every actor, truly, their character is their creation. Uh, what they do within the script, that uh, what a director wants to accomplish with this instrument is truly what comes up. You know, and that's somewhat up to the director. Um most actors have a lot of freedom. I mean, you did some right to get the part and you want to keep that going. Uh, with uh, Junior and Ethel, yes, there were scripted lines, but we are also allowed to improvise. Uh, if something was funny, we could run with it, whether it's Carol flipping the bird off at the, you know, or, or I mean, we're allowed to do whatever we want to do. If something didn't work, and this is in all acting. If something doesn't work, then you do it again. If you can, if you know, there's no time restriction, you know, or, but it, we had a, a wonderful freedom because Carol and I had a wonderful chemistry. And to this day, we still do, mm -hmm. you know, so we had a blast, man. So when did you first meet, uh, um, Carol? Like, uh, did you get to, uh, did you get to, uh, you know, go over the, the roles together before you start filming? Um, God, that's a good question. We may have, I'm trying to think if there, there, I think there was a table read, you know, a lot of times in a film, you'll do a table read where you talk to everybody with Carol and I, to tell you honestly, I don't. And I want to say it's a senior moment, but I truly don't remember meeting her before shooting. You know, we all got early. On, I mean, I always come early on a set, no matter what my call time is. I want to see blocking and see stuff and be familiar. And um, I remember, don't forget, when you, when you um, uh, shoot something, it's not in chronological order. Mm -hmm. So you can be shooting the final scene that day, you know? So you do get a, a schedule, a shooting schedule. So you're definitely boned up on your lines. And I just, no, I just remember going out to Camarillo, Santa Rosa Canyon 
and uh, meeting with her that first day, meeting the whole cast, it's almost like a meet and greet and running lines with her on location. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, why other people are doing their acting, their parts, we'd be running lines and getting ideas, you know, you, we can do this here, you do that there. And, and, but, you know, it wasn't rocket science. You know, it's, it, we weren't uh, uh, reciting the Bible <laughs> word for word. So right, right. Uh, we had a lot of freedom. Yeah. And it was just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the director like, uh, Danny? Uh, you know, I personally had a great experience with Danny Steinman. Uh, you know, when I auditioned for the part and I, I busted Danny up, I mean, he was laughing his ass off. And as I left, he said, it's really going to be great to work with you, kid. And I was just like blown away, you know, don't get caught up in this. You, you know, you haven't gotten the part yet, but it sure <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. And then on my callback, Danny said the same thing to, to Frank Mancuso Jr. He said, this is the kid I told you about. I'm going to love working with him. So from day one, you know, he's on my top hit list of, of awesome people. And then on the set, he was really reinforcing with Carol and I, you know, hey, guys, it's kind of like, you know, whatever you guys want to do, but, you know, this is what I want to accomplish. This, Let's see what you guys got. And he was laughing. I mean, yeah, he threw in some tweaks and ideas and things. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't come up with, you know, 100%, but we came up with a, a, a really good foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had nothing but... Uh, a great experience with Danny. I know some actors didn't, but you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've interviewed people who didn't uh, especially have a great experience, but like you said, it's a, uh, everyone uh, has their own experience. Now yeah. I see, I see a lot of cool stuff here behind you. Uh Oh, look out. <laughs> so you got, I see Jason. I see, uh, I thought it was a junior puzzle, but it's not a puzzle. No, it's a, a it's actually an original painting. Oh really? That's very cool. Yeah, the artist is Neil Warner. He used to paint up at Universal City Walk. Uh, dear buddy of mine, and a great animator. First name. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Great first name. <laughs> Even spelled the same. Oh, really? Oh, oh man, then, yeah. there's only two of you in the world. <laughs> um, no, real talented guy. And uh, um, he said, "Hey, man, I want to paint your portrait." And I went. He did it from the video cover. Oh, so that's that's wild, yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool, man. It was very is cool. The, is that the original severed head, or is yes, it, uh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, wow, that's really wild. It is the original head. It goes to all the conventions I go to, and uh, the beauty is everybody who takes a picture with me gets to hold the sacred <laughs> head. It's it's getting a little abused, but so am I. So, <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, VC Dupree from Part Eight. He brings his severed head around too, so that would be a cool uh, 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 a photo op if you could get the the two uh, headless guys together. Wow, that would be Pretty, good. Exactly. Yeah. So, what was it like? Uh, well, first of all, to get your head molded, had you ever done anything like that before? Oh no, that was a freaking nightmare, man. You know, um, for me in particular. It, it it was not a pleasant experience, only because I have my mouth open. Right. I don't so, know I didn't because think I'm yeah. screaming. Yeah, it's one thing if your mouth's closed and you got little straws in your nose to breathe. Yeah. But when your mouth is open and all that goop is all over your face and dripping in your mouth and they're doing the little vacuum like at the dentist, but it's clogging like crazy. You're gagging on this crap. Um I had to hold that position for a long time. It seemed like an eternity. So, and it's ice cold when they do it, you know, so you get a margarita headache right away. And then they wrap you up in gauze, almost like, um, same as making a cast for a broken arm. And what was nice about being wrapped in the gauze was it was warm. You know, you go from headache to, oh yeah, that feels good to, that's hot oh man and you're it's you know so after it's all set and done they take an air saw same way as cutting off the cast on the arm 
And it sounds like it's going through your head, <laughs> going through the plaster and they cut it in half. Well, the guy opened it up and he goes, oh no. He goes, I'm sorry, but I think we're going to have to do this again. I go, no, you better make that work, man. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Of course, they made it work. And he probably tells every actor that same line. <laughs> right. Just, just to run get a off. joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and how about when you actually see the finished head then? The actual well, you know, head. I, I do have a picture of it. Matter of fact, I have it with Shavar and, and uh, Tiffany. Uh, uh during wardrobe back then and it was i mean it was in great shape you know they had photographed my eyes and made perfect glass eyes uh That's and you know molded my teeth it was perfect and i mean it was freaky the the freakiest part though about that head and, and experience i had was uh in my death scene when you know jason comes out from behind the tree and cuts my head off mm -hmm. well I am screaming, 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 and then that's when it happens. So they needed to do what was called ADR, you know, the, the sound looping after the movies, the things have been put together. They needed me to be screaming. And so I got to watch my head get cut off. It was in black and white at the time. I get to see it get cut off and rolled down a hill. <laughs> And it looked up at camera. The eyes locked. It just happened with camera. And it was like, holy shit. I mean, that was freaky, man. That was that was crazy. But that didn't pass the sensors at the time because it was too scary. Mm -hmm. And that footage has been uh, destroyed. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because now, like, with digital, you can save everything, but uh, on film, a lot of that stuff's not saved. Well, it's, it's not just that. Um, for whatever reason, because uh, uh, Danny Stein wanted to do a recut, a re-edit, and they had oh. different footage, and he wanted to add that. He was telling me, and he said Paramount destroyed all the footage. Oh, wow. Which I thought, that's crazy, man, but it had to do with censorship and all that back then. Sad. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a perfect show for you without your head station decapitation. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, we uh, we disappointed not to see the head rolling down when you did you well, know you before know, you saw the finished movie or no 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 and you know it'd be no I mean it was the whole movie was great anyway so I mean yeah for me sure there was a little disappointment oh man they cut it out that was that was incredible you know that kind yeah. of crap mm -hmm. but. How did you end up with the head? Did they just give it to you or? Well, indirectly. It, okay. it, it was a couple years later. I had an audition at Los Palmas Studios uh, for a game show. Uh, again, it goes back, I think, into the 1975 or something. I was on the dating game trying to find that one. Oh, and I won the date with Miss Mexico City, but that's another story another right. time. Very cool. Um, and the same production company, which was uh, the guys that did the gong show and, and Chuck Barris, Chuck Barris Productions. So I was called for another show to do. And I saw their sign that said real effects. And they were the guys that did made my head. So I thought, I'll see if I can buy it. So I'm, after my audition, I knocked on the door and this guy answers and I go, it's a stupid question, man, but I was in Friday the 13th part five. I played junior and you guys made my head and I was wondering if I could buy it from you. Yeah. And the guy started cracking up and he goes, dude, your head's been working more than you have. <laughs> like what? He goes, I'm sorry to say, but we shot you in the back of the head last <laughs> week. And he, he goes, follow me. And I walked. It was like going to Costco, man, for horror. Yeah. I mean, there were shelves of, of body parts and dinosaurs. And I mean, also, I mean, we're talking row after row of this stuff. And I guess it was alphabetical order because up on a real high shelf, he gets on a ladder and there's Sylvester Stallone 
from Rambo. Like, I, like when he comes out of the water, he's like screaming. And my head's sitting next to Sly. So he grabs it, shows it to me. And it was beat up. I mean, there's a big hole in the back of my head. All the hair was gone. Yeah. Eyebrows, sideburns, everything gone. And he takes it, hands it to me. He puts it in a bag. And he goes, here, man, just take it. I was like, whoa, that's fantastic. I was all excited. Yeah. As I leave, there's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was shooting, I believe, True Lies at the time. He was in this big old terry cloth bathrobe, smoking a big cigar and standing there. And I'm walking past him. There was part of me that really wanted to introduce myself and meet him. Yeah, of course. And then I thought, Dude, you got a head in the bag, and I don't know how kosher this was, but yeah. just time to go. <laughs> you know? So that's how I got it. I love it. Did you ever try to track down the movies that your head was used in, like the where you get shot? Never even thought about that. Man, you're coming up with good questions. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Oh, who knows? You know, because no. like, yeah, <laughs> I don't no, know if it's possible, but it would guys. be it would be cool if 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 you could find these things and. That would be funny. Actually, they owe me residuals. That's my likeness. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. I can make millions here. <laughs> yeah. I am curious what kind of movie where they're shooting a severed head. These are pretty <laughs> yeah. bad dudes. Wait, it could be in a porno. I could be in trouble. So now <laughs> no, I don't yeah, maybe, know. Yeah, he <laughs> said shot, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, whoa. What's going on here? Yeah. So had you uh, had you ever ridden a uh, – did you have uh, experience riding a motorcycle? Uh, yeah. Before playing uh, I had an audition riding a motorcycle actually um yeah luckily uh well i i did a little street riding not a lot i did mostly kind of dirt bike friends of mine owned a couple yamaha enduros 250 and i think 450s and we had fun i wasn't exactly graceful but no we had fun and so when i got uh on the set uh there was a wonderful stuntman, Gene LaBelle. Oh, he yeah. was a wrestler, uh, you know, Gene? Yeah, because I also do a pro wrestling podcast, oddly enough. But, yeah, so I know a lot of people who were trained by uh, judo Gene LaBelle. He is a great guy, great guy. And so he he put me through my paces. I had a ride, like, through these orange orchards and avocado orchards out in Camarillo. And Dick Warlock, who was the stunt coordinator, had to make sure I knew what the hell I was doing. Got a little after the fact, you know, because I'm already on the set. <laughs> you know, they asked me if I knew how to write, and I said yes. Yeah. But, you know, not all actors tell the truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. My uh, my co-host, uh, Trista, on the show is an actress in L.A. And um, uh, so one time I was asked to do if, if I could do BPS on a movie. And and I actually didn't even know what it meant. And I just said, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, behind the scenes, I can do that. And she told me, she said, this is advice for for anything in the movies. Just lie and say you can do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, sometimes you might be able to get away with, I guess, but there's some things you just can't, you know? Right. Can you ride a horse? I've ridden a horse, <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. Would I fall off? more than likely you know no it's uh it's fun yeah. it was fun uh is there anything you had to learn maybe not for junior but for any kind of acting where you had to learn specifically for it i mean for friday the 13th or or for any any role or any type of uh well, type of well yeah i mean my resume is pretty extensive as far as training you know i i Oh, God, this goes back into the 70s, man. I mean, I, I studied method acting, the Stanislavski method, with uh, an actor who you could look up on IMDb, Grant Williams. Grant Williams was the incredible shrinking man. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan of the movie. That, yeah. yeah, man, that was an awesome movie. Um, Grant has passed away, sadly. And... Uh, um, so I studied three years with him. I studied Will Gear. Do you remember Grandpa Walton, TV's Walton's Mountain? I know the show, but I actually never watched it, but yeah. Well, he has this, currently, even to this day, Will died back in the 70s, I think 76. 
his daughter, Ellen Gear, wonderful actress, um, they run the theater in Topanga Canyon, California. It's a Shakespearean repertory company. So for three years, I got to do Shakespeare, study Shakespeare. And uh, also, I mean, a number of teachers. I mean, I didn't stop. I, I, I had improv, comedy improv with Harvey Lembeck. Harvey was in a Steve McQueen movie, The Great Escape. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in The Great Escape, there's this big, tall, kind of oafy kind of guy and a little short Italian guy. And Harvey was a little short Italian okay. guy. But his background is comedy. He was on an old TV show in the 50s called Phil Silvers. And actually his son, uh, to this day, very famous director, Michael Lembeck, did a lot of Norman Lear stuff. His daughter, Helene Lembeck, I studied with. And Harvey, Harvey was amazing. Uh, Robin Williams and John Ritter were in the class, the the, the senior class. I was in uh, the junior class with uh, Scott Bayo, uh, Rick Dees from Kiss FM. I mean, we all had a blast. And Harvey passed away, and Al Molinaro, Big Al from Happy Days, oh, okay, yeah, I know took over the class, teaching the class. So here, you know. Another couple years of doing comedy improv. I mean, I was really trying to, you know, just learn it all and be ready for what comes up. Yeah. Uh, do you still do any uh, like improv or comedy stuff? Or are you kidding? That's the toughest stuff in the world. You know, people think comedy is easy. Whew. I mean, yes, I would do it <laughs> in a situation if I had the opportunity. I mean, Again, improv and, and comedy takes a certain mindset. I mean, you got to be thinking constant. There's no, I mean, you, you think constantly anyway, but you're taking it to the level of not just doing something, but how do I make this funny? How do I get him to laugh? What can I do to, you know? Robin Williams was a master at that. You, you'd be laughing and smiling at Robin just seeing his face. Yeah, I, I've said on the show before, um, there's exceptions, but um, comedians who transition and do dramatic roles, I think, are much more successful uh, than dramatic actors who try to, out to do comedy. It used, there's exceptions, but for the most part. Well, that's true. I mean, that's, that's, that's very true. I mean, Jim Carrey... You know, he, he, he crosses over well. Yeah, and Robin Williams did. And uh, Oh, my God. Robin was amazing, man. But uh, comedy can be the loneliest place on earth. Uh, well, I said that, you know, Michael Winslow from Police Academy, the okay. black actor who, who does all, all the sounds. sounds and yeah. noise, Right. Well, Mike and I and Katie Seagal, we all worked at a restaurant called Poppy Star in uh, Sherman Oaks, California. And Mike at the time was a busboy. Katie was a maitre d' and I was a bartender. And the premise of the restaurant was you had a sing, dance, or perform and entertain the audience at some point during the evening. And Mike would get up and actually do what he does, man. And Cheech and Chong were there one night and they discovered Mike. And he was in like there, it was like Up in Smoke or one of those movies. And then it led into the Police Academy films. And he became a big star in Katie. I mean, oh my God, you know, Married with Children, Sons yeah. of Anarchy. Mm -hmm. And me, well, I just get my head cut off in a Friday. <laughs> I do have a great role in 13 Fanboy, but. Uh, yeah, which, uh, yeah, I, um, I had Deborah on, uh, Deborah Voorhees, who made it. And so I assumed uh, you met her at conventions. And uh, so how did the role oh, yeah. come about? Yeah. Well, that's actually how the role came about. Um, we were at, uh, where was it? Horror Hound Weekend in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And Deborah and I uh, decided to take a walk before the convention. She's, she's a healthy girl. She likes getting her exercise. So she was like, do you want to go for a walk? 
well, my mind, you know, going for a walk is, you know, we'll go take a walk and talk. And no, she believed in cardio. Right. right. So we're walking, you know, and, and talking. That's even tougher. You get out of breath that way. And we walked for quite a while. And she goes, I, I wrote you a part in a, a small part in a film. And I'd be honored if you play it. And I was like, well, of course. Well, it was about a year and a half later, I get a script emailed to me. And at the time, I was on like 26 pages of a 97-page script. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I, I call her up. I go, I'm not complaining, but you said it was a small part. And she goes, well, the more I got to know you, the bigger your part grew. Oh, that's very cool. So that that was amazing. She's awesome. Okay. And yeah, it, it was... Yeah, what a, a blast. Yeah, and I even asked, I told her in the interview, because uh, after I watched it, I was like, oh, Ron and uh, D. Wallace have a lot of chemistry. And I was like, are they actually, I because I, I wasn't sure. I was just like, are they really married? Maybe that's why they're cast as a, as a couple. So I actually Googled. I was like, oh, no, they're you know, with different people. But uh, but right away, though, I thought uh, you and D. Wallace have a lot of chemistry together. In the movie. Uh, it was beautiful, man. I mean, look, I've been lucky in my acting career. I, there's there's overall good, positive experiences. And but D, right from the start, I, I came in a day early. I actually drove in to the location because I knew I'd be there for a few weeks. I wanted to have a car. And uh, there was like a, a, a party going on for everybody, a meet and greet. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, I saw Dee, and I introduced myself, you know, Dee, I'm Ron Sloan, I'm, I'm your husband. And she goes, well, I better get to know you if I'm going to sleep with you. <laughs> I was like, whoa! You know? <laughs> See, those scenes are not in the movie. Oh, really? If you go on my IMDb page, mm -hmm. under my demo reel, there is a bedroom scene with D and I oh, together. I had a couple of scenes that aren't in the movie that were sweet and loving. Mm hmm. hmm. Okay. So, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. And those weren't one. destroyed like your head rolling down. There. No, no, yeah. no, no. They, they, <laughs> they might be after tonight, but no. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. That uh, you know, unfortunately, Deborah said a lot of the movie was inspired by um, a couple bad experiences she had with like kind of stalkery fans. Um, it seems like you've had good experience and she had uh, mostly good experiences. But have you ever had any bad experiences with uh, with any kind of fans? It goes back to Deborah's experience. I was at that same convention. Oh, really? Well, the way it happened for me was I was out in the parking lot leaving and a fan came up to me. He said, wouldn't it be cool if you died in real life the way you died in your movie? That was my first convention. And I was like, no, man, have a good day. See ya. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. It's just so like crazy to think someone would think that's an okay thing to ask anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a little bizarre. Uh, no, I've only had one other experience uh, where the guy was drunk. And, and you know shit happens and hey i didn't want to deal with them at all see ya <laughs> you know? but that was about it no overall the fans 99.999 percent oh my god they're wonderful they make me feel good i mean truly truly feel good and i mean i just had a great experience in florida this little kid i mean we're talking he had to be maybe seven, eight years old. He's in a Michael Myers <laughs> costume. Uh -huh. And he kept walking by my table and just looking, doing that dead cold stare <laughs> and walking by. Yeah. And he'd come back, stare at me and walk by. I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm thinking, you should be right across from me as Nick. You need to be doing this to Nick. <laughs> and he kept on going back and forth. And then finally, he, he walked up with his mom. And his mom goes, can he get your autograph? And I go, I I'd be happy. <laughs> he just cracked me up. Yeah. And he ended up taking off his mask. And <laughs> I mean, he was just adorable. That was just 
so cute. I told my wife all about it, and she cracked up, you know, because here's, I mean, he did this cold stare where if you had a little junior, Michael Myers, oh, my God, that is pretty scary. <laughs> I love it. That's very cute. That, that kind of stuff's fun. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask about Melanie Kinnaman because I'm friends with her and uh, she's in the movie. Uh, were you, I don't think, did you have much, were you around her much when you're making the movie? Um, actually, Mel and I became pretty good friends uh, on the film. Uh, it was kind of funny. See, at the time I made Friday the 13th, I was working in casting. I was a, a videographer. I was a shooter. So you would audition for me. I would shoot your screen test. Uh, I worked for all the top casting directors in Hollywood, you know, Sheila Manning. I mean, even Ridley Scott and his brother and casting. Sometimes I was the cameraman for these guys. And I mean, I did that for uh, a good few years. So mostly everybody had auditioned for me. So when I got on the set, I knew all these guys from coming in. I worked for a company called Baker Nesbitt. that uh, was in uh, Beverly Hills. And actually, Mark Vitterini, who played Vic, um, we, we are pretty good friends. And John Robert Dixon, oh, my God. You know, I knew all these kids. And, and so uh, Mel auditioned uh, a good few times for me. I knew who she was and just kind of refreshed her memory. And um, actually, one night I actually gave her a ride home after she was, like, meeting her boyfriend and, I can't remember his name now. Famous guy. Okay. And uh, Nick somebody. You guys will have to look that one up. Uh -huh. And yeah, no, you know, I mean, everybody seemed to be kind of a family. Yeah. And um, what was the reaction like to uh, the movie when it first came out? Well, I was on a blind date. That wasn't a good reaction. <laughs> This girl kept on looking at me like I was junior. Like, wow, <laughs> does he really like that? There was there there wasn't the second date. I'll tell you that. But um, no, I think everybody overall was excited. You know, for me, that was the first time I had ever seen myself on the big screen. Mm -hmm. But I was a big boy, and so that made me even look bigger. And, you know, I know with uh, some of the girls, it's probably the first time they've ever seen themselves topless on the big screen. Right. You know, you're hearing all sorts of, you know, murmurs in the audience. Yeah. So it was, it was a cool experience, man. Excuse me. But um, I think the movie, because um, there were some hardcore fans who don't like it necessarily because at the time, because you have the fake fake Jason. But I think over, over the uh, years, it's really... Uh, it's got a bigger, uh, I think it's got a bigger fan base than it, than it ever has. You know, I never even understood that part, to tell you honestly, because look at the movie opens up. You see Corey Feldman. You see these guys. And the real Jason comes out of the grave and kills the two guys. It wasn't Dick Wien. It was the real Jason. Right. So ding, 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 ding. Real jason now going on into the movie sure it's a copycat killing which i thought was a good I don't, yeah i think it's actually i think it's one of the better I, I actually you know i think it's one of the better sequels well it makes it thank you it makes it real you know when you have a real serial killer like in 13 fanboy right it's not a mythical monster that lives forever mm -hmm. it's a real serial killer so to me that's actually more scary I mean, yeah, we all like we all like getting scared and being on the edge of our seats. But I mean, the idea of holy that's real, you know. That's that's a trip, man. Yeah. Yeah. To me it's I like Halloween three because um, you know, it didn't have Michael Myers. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. But both of them over the years, I think uh it seems like most people like them now. Well, you know, it, it becomes a franchise. I mean <laughs> You know, you're not going to buy the complete edition missing right, part right. three or part five. <laughs> right, you right. know, you're going to buy the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that, too, about because uh, not all franchises are like this, but Friday the 13th up to, uh, you know, a certain 
probably I guess all the original ones you could watch in a in a in a row and they tell one long story. That's true. That's true. It, it yeah. It's kind of interesting because I think ours was the first one with explicit nudity. Danny Steinman came from uh, porn movies in a sense. Oh, I, I actually didn't know that. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he had some, I don't want to say porn porn, but let's just say, yeah, it's not your regular family feature that you'd see on the Hallmark right. team. Yeah. So, you know, he had that experience and, and he, he took, I can't think of any of the other movies really that, that much nudity before part five. No, I think, yeah, now I think about it, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more topless scenes in part five. Maybe the only topless scenes that no, I think about it up, yeah. you know, up until that point. So that, that's I kept, weird, though, I that, kept my clothes on, though, Neil. I just want you to know I kept my clothes on. All right. All right. Fair enough. You know, I'm gonna, I'm that that my... scene got cut out. That, you know, that <laughs> scene got cut out. And it was destroyed. Right. And the one with Ethel and the chicken got cut out. So, you know. <laughs> what was in the, What was in her stew? You don't want to know, man. <laughs> Actually, I have a can of the stew here right now. It's behind <laughs> yeah, really? you. Oh, oh that's, pretty, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That... Um, <laughs> It's mystery meat. So, I mean, do you really want to know what was in it? Yeah, sure. Well, that's a good question. It started out as Campbell's chicken noodle soup uh -huh. and ended up at the caterer, uh, the craft services. I have no idea what the hell they put in that, but it wasn't like the tastiest ice cold thing in the world. Right. I guess. Well, so I me think slobbering even, it, yeah. me slobbering it and spitting it out really wasn't much of an acting challenge, you know? <laughs> I didn't really want to eat that crap take after take. So it was good getting rid of it. It was all over my clothes, everything. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, are you working on anything uh, currently? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm a, I don't want to say I'm sworn to secrecy. I just can't give away anything great. But I just worked on uh, my first fan film. Um. Actually, Vince DeSante is involved in it. He's uh, producing it. Uh, Cecil Laird directed it. And Nico Hughes. Oh, very cool. That's uh, from yeah. Pet Cemetery, right? Pet Cemetery. And he was the little kid in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I agree. I yeah, part, uh, is it five? I'm going to say. Yeah. Seven? Maybe five. seven. I don't know. I'm not sure. I it's think, one of those. It's with yeah. the... Uh, yeah, I know. The new, the new nightmare. Oh, new nightmare. New nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Miko is involved in this. He is the star of the film, and I got to work with him. We had a great scene together, and I play a casting director. Oddly, oddly enough, a little little experience, and um, it's uh, Dave McRae. I think I'm allowed to say this stuff. Uh, oh wait, maybe I'm not. Can't <laughs> well, remember what's, I we think it is. I think well, it is out there. No, it's uh, out there. It's out okay. there. Uh, he plays Freddy Krueger. Oh, very cool. So, what, what do you think of this whole uh, the rise of uh, fan films? Well, you know, this is the first one I've done, and I had mm -hmm. such a wonderful experience. Um, there's another one in the works for me. I said yes to a couple of days ago. All right, very cool. What so, would, um, when that one comes out, maybe we can do part two. We'll talk. Oh well, yeah, that. no, Dylan's new nightmare. The trailer will be out in March. It comes out on YouTube in May. So once the trailer comes out, then I can right. have the freedom to talk more about it. I have some very cool pictures. I have not seen any of my scenes. Um, I saw one scene after my scene that was pretty freaking awesome, man. I was like, whoa. And I learned a few things that I never knew in the horror world. And you, you might know this with fan films. The term Easter egg. Right. I never knew that. I yeah, mean, so that, there's a little hidden thing in the movie. Yeah. Well, there's there's different things that are hidden. You know, I, I don't think they did that in any of the Friday the 13th. 
maybe it's just in fan films to refer to the original movie. Mm. Like, for example, if I was wearing uh, glasses and they were red on top and green on the bottom, red and green, that would be Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, it's little subtle hints. Yeah. No, that's, that that's very fun, especially because, you know, they're made for like real hardcore horror fans. So that they're going to pick up on these little things. And these guys look for all that stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. I never knew that. So there yeah. are definitely Easter eggs in Dylan's new nightmare. And, and just to let you guys know, I don't know how many of your uh, listeners are in California or Nevada or surrounding areas, but. Um, I'm going to be at CreepyCon, CreepyCon in Ontario, California next month, 4th oh, and 5th, with the head and Ethel Stew and maybe even Ethel. Oh, very nice. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. She lives She lives about an hour from there, so we may drag her in for a time. Well, that sounds very fun. I'll share the link. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it's going to be a good one. It's, it's supposed to be huge. So it's my first uh, West Coast uh, appearance. And here oh, I grew oh, up there. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be very fun. Uh, where are you? You don't have to tell me your house, like your address, but where are you located? Uh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. All right. <laughs> I'll just wonder if we it seems like a lot of people figure that out. No, I live in Northern Arizona. Oh, okay. So I, I was just wondering how far away it was for you. I live where yeah. it snows and it's cold. We have four seasons. All right. Well, I'm in Massachusetts, so yeah, I, I know about. Well, you have really four seasons. Ours are weeny compared to you. Yeah, but and I'm sure someone's listening in way up in Canada who who think we're all wimps. So it's oh, all I have relative. Family up there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And uh, where can people again not follow you to your home, but where can people follow you to see what you're up to? You know, oh, I right. don't really. I mean, mostly it's it's Facebook stuff. Um, I have an Instagram, but I've never used it. I mean, I get all these people are sending me stuff, and I I haven't used it. I mean, I have a I have a normal job. Yeah, I you know I I I've been a fine art consultant. Oh, really? Uh, right. Director for twenty five years. So I, I I'm very fortunate. I get to occasionally tour with Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh wow! Um, I'm I I sell his art on the road uh, and his proceeds uh, goes to charity. So I've done that for many years. Um, I haven't done it probably for four years, three or four years now. Uh, I don't know if Tony, I think his next show might be in Maui and they don't need me there. I lived there for 17 years. So uh, they have their own consultants there, but our paths may cross again. Yeah, He's a cool guy. He's amazing. Do you uh do you do art yourself? Oh hell no, man! I I like to eat. You know, <laughs> um, actually, I shouldn't say that. I mean, my whole family are artists. My my parents were both artists. My dad that was an amazing artist, and my brothers are very very good artists, and my mom too. But I never really tried. You know, I I I don't. I have an artistic ability. I mean, I used to make. Uh, jewelry. When I was in college, I had a little shop. I made rings and bracelets and moss wax casting and that stuff. Um, but and that, that's an art. But as far as painting, I mean, my talent goes as far as painting uh, painting rocks uh, with my <laughs> wife with little happy faces and gnomes and stuff like that. I mean, we do actually paint rocks. We'll go on a hike and leave a stone or two on the trail or just off the trail for someone to find. Uh, she loves doing inspirational messages on the stones. That's pretty cool. You know, you're out that, in the middle of nowhere. That and is very cool. Someone does that in my town and I see him on my walks because I, I walk around town and then I'll see him every once in a while laying around, which I think is very yeah. cool. And, and I mean, it's, I think it's special because, you know, you can be out there if you're walking because you're depressed or you're happy or whatever. You come across this and go, whoa. We actually planted one. We're up in the aspen trees up in uh, Snowball, Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, and uh, we put, my wife put one, wait, I, I hide mine. 
pretty much. You know, you really have to be doing something to find them. And she put one out in this like overlook way out. And we see a guy walking the trail. And she goes, he's going to find this. I go, he's not going to find it. And all of a sudden you see him kind of walk, look, bend down. You see him pick it up. We're like, cool. This is great. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So a little, little inspiration. Yeah, there was a shell I found and it had on the back, um, like the, it was the um, Instagram address. And it said to like, take a picture of it and tag it and then go hide it somewhere else for someone else to find. That's it. So that was cool kind of cool. Idea. And then that you could follow, you know. That's a very cool are. idea. I like that. Yeah. And I have to give her a shout out because she painted this from for Christmas. This is my friend Annabelle painted me this. It's uh Whoa. It's, uh, Whoa. you know uh Anthony Perkins from uh Oh Psycho. yeah. Uh yeah, no, I recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a scary movie. Yes, yeah. I, I'm a big fan level. of the old uh, of uh Psycho and all the black and white horde movies. But see, that's the level of scary I'm talking about as far as real. Right. You know, I mean, you're talking a real killer, a real, not a mythical, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, something I mean, that could happen. Oh, my God. That, to me, that's scary shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because if you're watching with a with a ghost or, you know, whatever it is, some big monster, and it might be fun to watch, but uh, the odds of you walking out, oh, there's a big monster that's going to attack me, it's probably not going to happen. But there could be someone who looks like a normal person who's going to do something to you. Yeah. Or even I love sci-fi though. If you depict for me, sci-fi horror mm-hmm. in a sense, like the thing. And actually the first thing it, it was scary. I remember as a little kid watching that. But the one with Kurt Russell that oh my god, Wilfred yeah. Brimley and oh yeah. I've got the thing board game down here, which is actually oh, you're very kidding. Good. Yeah. But um, that's one of my favorites too. When I was a kid, I loved it for all the mon- all the creatures. And then as I get older, like there's so much more to the movie. And I think that's why it appeals to like such a big audience. Cause there's, um, you could watch it as just like the weird visuals, but there's a, there's a lot of paranoia in the movie. Uh, the cast is amazing. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's kind of all, everything about it, I think works. It was right on the money. There was no weak links. There was no unbelievable. Sh- it was like, you know, alien stuff is scary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the movie Aliens, holy shit, Definitely, that was yeah. scary. Yeah. And what I like about the thing is the, not that I don't like a, a guy in a big suit, I think that's cool too, but the thing, the alien in the thing is so alien, it's so weird. So, definitely from, from some, you know, not something you would just think of, because, you know, transform. So I, I like that about the movie, because you don't always Yeah, it's metamorphic. Like it's, yeah. it's changing, and oh, just, oh yeah, creepy. Yeah. Uh, are you a horror movie fan in general, or no? Yeah. <laughs> Interviews. Uh, actually, it, I, I shouldn't say that. Um, I like the old horror films when I was younger. I did watch Friday the Thirteenth and and Halloween. Yeah. Um, is it something that I had to watch, or no? It was more during that time of year. I was definitely a big sci-fi fan. I mean, I went to most of the first nights of Star Wars and um, uh, uh, my my cousin's uncle, which sounds, how's that happen? My cousin's uncle was on uh, Star Trek every now and then, so he would do conventions. Oh, really? and, yeah, uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, as over the last 20 years, yes, uh, because meeting all these cats. Yeah, then you have to go watch your movies. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. And, and a lot of these, every, everybody I've met has been pretty much down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know Noah Hathaway the from Never, Never Ending Story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never, so yeah. Noah had a booth next to me, and I did. we did Supercon, which was for charity. And nice guy. I mean, we, we clicked, man. I know we'll be we're, – just from that convention, we're friends. And uh, you're familiar with Ken Kurtzinger? 
Uh, yeah, the name's. Uh, uh, if I saw the person, was, but I know, definitely know the name. Yeah, I, what was the the Friday the Thirteenth with the blue mask? Was oh, that, uh, oh, so he played Jason, and um, and yeah, I actually am on the show, so I shouldn't have known that, but yeah. Yeah, shame on you. I stumped you, man. I stumped you. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, Ken and I got to hang out in this last convention. Yeah, we had uh, we, we shared a ride and then we had breakfast. Uh, good guy. Mm-hmm. Really good guy. He's from Canada. Uh, shout out to him, definitely. And I love this kind of stuff, man. You know, the conventions just bring it all close as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have a common bond. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, you know, that's similar to what I say in the show, because uh, when you're at the conventions, you know, I think people might think all the all horror fans, they all just wear black and they've got they're covered in tattoos. Also, but it's uh, it's all different people and uh, everyone kind of shares. Everyone shares the same love uh, of the genre. And it it's a very accepting crowd, uh, both the, the fans and, and uh, people who make the movies and, and the actors. Yeah, the crowd's awesome. Yeah, I mean. You know, it, it's it's nice being appreciated. It's 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 yeah. you know, and it does make me feel old <laughs> at times. Um, I had this guy come up, and I don't know how old he was, but he goes, y- "Your movie, Part Five, was the first movie I ever saw." I walked in my parents' bedroom. And they were in bed together <laughs> watching that movie. It's your kill scene. Was, it was like burned in his memory. It was like, oh, my God. You know, well, you know, I, like I, I was conceived to your decapitation. This kid, he was a little kid. And then, Wait a minute. Were your parents having sex while watching this? Or what they, this? they were really big fans. Is what they- oh, my God. <laughs> You know, it was just kind of funny. It's it's funny. I've I've had some people bring the little leather flight caps in for me to autograph to get them off of Amazon. Oh, really? That's that's pretty good. I thought that's a cool idea. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. I also want to give a shout out. I'm wearing their shirt. Uh, Coolidge After Midnight for people in in Massachusetts. It's in Brookline near Boston. They're doing uh, Friday the 13th Marathon, the Murderthon. It's from midnight Friday the thirteenth till noon the next day. So it's the Ooh. first six movies on original thirty-five millimeter. So it's uh that's really a marathon. That that's a lot of popcorn. It is, yeah, and a lot of coffee. <laughs> Just day. Well, you've got to have the coffee. Yeah. How exciting! That sounds like fun. Yeah, I went. Uh, me and my friend Annabelle, we go to the Halloween one every year, and it's the same way. It's midnight till noon the next day, and uh, it's it's a very fun experience. That that sounds great, man. Wish I was there. That'd yeah. be a blast. Yeah, I'll put in a word for you because sometimes there we go. Yeah. Hey, well, maybe next year. Right. I'll be asleep by two, but you know, <laughs> my friend Annabelle usually brings a pillow, and uh, and uh, if there, if there, she picks maybe one movie to take a nap during uh, through through the twelve hour. <laughs> That's a long time, man. That's a long time. Yeah. My butt would be or I, I couldn't. I do pace it. myself. I get up between each movie. I refill I drink many much coffee, but uh and then the they usually give you a pin at the end. I survive for all the people who do stay the whole time, I survived the marathon, which I think is very funny. But yeah. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> you know, I, I flew to Istanbul from Maui. It was 30 hours of oh, be- wow. between layovers and everything, right. man. Yeah, no, man, that's too much time sitting. Yeah. You know, that's 12 <laughs> that's- hours. I've done 12 hours in a car. That's okay. Yeah. That's real quick, though, about uh, science fiction, because at that theater, I went to see the 50th uh, anniversary restoration of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And there was uh, an older guy sitting next to me, and he told me that he went to see the premiere of the movie at that same theater, because the theater's been there since the 30s. And I was like, "This that's a really cool thing that this guy was there 50 years ago, and he came back to the same theater to to watch the, the anniversary. That's awesome. You probably had to wait in line that long. <laughs> yeah, he's been there. He, he's never left. He was there the whole time. Yeah, he was like, wow. He was up in the rafters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's no, true. It was, it was very cool, though. Premieres are exciting. Premieres are exciting. You know, yeah. that's 
whether it's mine or anybody else's going to, you know, Star Wars or anything. God, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to make the interview about me, but uh, so I had the premiere of my first movie a few months ago in L.A. Uh, Melanie Kinnaman was there and it was um, it was it was a very cool experience being at the premiere of my, of my movie. I have to admit. It's one of the Isn't coolest awesome? experiences I've ever had. So yeah. What's the name of the film? Uh, the Once in Future Smash. So Melanie Kinnaman, she plays herself in it. Uh, a lot of my horror friends play. It's a quote unquote documentary. Uh, it's a mockumentary, and uh, and so a lot of people I know play themselves in the movie, which is it's cool. Very funny. Yeah, That's probably a lot cool. of people you know. Well, I hope so. Yeah, you you might have been in it if I would have known you at the time. Damn it! The next one. <laughs> the next, the next one, one, exactly. Yeah. The sequel. Right. Right. All right. This has been very fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah. it. And hope to and see you sometime at one of the conventions. Well, you know, come out to CreepyCon. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's a write-off. Come on, man. Come on out. All right. It sounds like a good time. No? Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. No, it does sound fun. It, you'll have... You'd have a blast. All yeah. of them are fun. They're all fun. Yeah. But thank you, Neil. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate and, it as well. Uh, yeah. Have, have a great year, man. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. Many blessings. Bye. Take care, brother. Thank you. Night. Night. We're going to kill the scene one song at a time. But that's your Your